Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder. Do you love it too? Carrie. Miranda. Samantha. Charlotte. Cosmos. Cheese. So many dudes. Every single dude. All the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't Help But Wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to to us. Hi, Hi, Jamie. Hi. How are you? I mean, like horrible I know same it's such a ridiculous question at this point um, I know it's like 2020 like when how are you became the most loaded it's like almost offensive ask. yeah it's really I what what do you think our new one should be like what's the new like what did hi, you I how see have you, you. today yeah hi there you are <laughs> oh my god there you are is hi, so there you hilarious are. oh god I think the new hi how are you is just uh, yeah, it's just a deep sigh, just a deep throaty sigh. It's just like still, still alive. Yeah. Well, yeah. for those who don't know, <laughs> we're recording this weeks before it comes out. So we're recording this in the middle of the protest curfew, you know, sort of really apocalyptic. If you didn't think that the pandemic was apocalyptic enough, if you were like, I want a little more I want to, I want to dial this up. <laughs> If you're you like, got I'm it, baby. It's yeah, like, it's um, we're just I, I don't it, I I don't yeah I don't know. But before we started to do this podcast, um, you know today's been absolutely horrible. It's just devastating. If you're on social media or watching news, it's it's so anxiety provoking. It's so upsetting. It's so devastating. There's there's nothing to really. There's no way to really express it. And I remember thinking, how am I going to do? Like, who were you this week is what I thought. Yeah, same. How am but I going to do? But at the same do... time, I'm really happy to see you and talk yes, to you. Yes, and I also do. Yeah, I, I I feel very grateful to have this podcast because it's a place where we can talk about that part, the deep sigh part, and then also, like, escape a little bit and talk about a show that makes us feel good. Um, because what else do we have? <laughs> what You got to... I don't know. It, it, it everything feels wrong. It feels wrong to feel anything other than horrible. And it's also like everyone has a different like reaction. Like um, 
you know, we're here in LA, Jamie and I live in the same neighborhood. It's on the East side of LA. And yesterday, I mean, I don't really know how to talk about black lives matter on this podcast with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but just in case there's any doubt for our listeners, particularly our listeners of color, um, we definitely stand with you. We are completely on the side of the protesters. Well, actually, I shouldn't speak for you either. I'm sorry, Jamie. Uh, no, you're right on the right, money. Okay. What if I was yeah. like, um, actually, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. I just feel bad. You know, it's kind of political. The whole but, thing. The whole thing. It's, 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 it's this not, is sex it's not city, comfortable. This is a Sex and City podcast. You're not here to hear this, but it's it's insane for us not to bring it up and talk about it. It's just like. It's at the forefront of our minds. It's yeah. It's everywhere. And, you know, we're we're reading a lot. We're thinking a lot. But I have to say. And I think this speaks to the whole reason that people are protesting. And as a white person, I only get this in times of like national crisis. I don't feel this every day, but just even hearing the helicopters and sirens. I just woke up yesterday to helicopters and sirens reading about like police driving into protests and like beating the shit out of people. And I just got so scared. I just called my mom. I mean, thank God for moms. And my mom lives out of the fray. And I just drove to her house. And then I came back this morning And then I heard that there was like more violence in Santa Monica. And I just, for people that, you know, I mean, I don't, this sounds self-centered because I'm speaking for my community, but people that live alone right now and people that are all by themselves in their apartment, I really feel for you because it's so scary to be alone and hear sirens and hear helicopters and just have all your fears well up. I did something really I don't know if it's a good idea or not, but one of my best friends lives very close to me and she let me, I'm recording in her guest bedroom. And like, I was wondering where you were. Yeah. It's really my really close friend. And she let me stay at her place. Cause I just was like, I feel insane. I just feel unsafe at my house. Not like anyone's going to come in and shoot me, but like, I just don't, I just feel crazy right now. Yeah. And also it's like, even if you're alone and technically safe in your apartment, you have such unrest. I, uh, I have such unrest within me that it, I think that we're almost in a state of anxiety where it's like, it's that same feeling you have when you're like, who goes there? Like, it's a little, yeah. you know, it feels like you're being like it, it, the world. I don't know. It's like, you just feel haunted and you're like, I, I just, I think that we can create our, our own, um, hell. <laughs> Yeah, we can create our own hell and we're living in it. So even when you're technically, you know, cozy in your own bedroom, it doesn't feel cozy. Nothing feels stable or safe. Yeah, it's it's a really, really, really scary time. And you take it with you everywhere you go. I mean, I can't imagine feeling this way all the time. You know, I listened to a really good uh, New York Times Daily episode about um, the disproportionate level of a uh, number of African-Americans, black people who are getting COVID. And they were talking about the different reasons for that. And part of them is... There's so many reasons and they all and all come from the same place, which is racism that causes poverty and stress and all this stuff. But like, yes, uh, black people have higher levels of diabetes and heart disease and all this stuff because of trauma and stress and violence. And that causes sickness. You yes. Know? And, um, you know, I can't even imagine feeling this way all the time. So I, I really it's crazy. I mean, I feel scared and stressed on a personal level, but that's something I don't have to feel very much. So I, I feel compassionate to people who have to feel this way all the time. It sounds like, feels like hell, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Oh God. Uh, I know. I mean, should we, I mean, I have lighter things to talk about, but I don't know if it's like even disrespectful. Like how do you feel? 
Uh, no, I mean, it doesn't feel respectful, but also, you know, I do think that, ugh, I don't know. I'm not, there's like, no, are you but. guys, do you guys want to be there's distracted? No, there's like, no, but there's no like, yeah, it's, it isn't respectful, but <laughs> no, it's, it's just, it doesn't feel respectful, period. New sentence. There is something. People um, need a break. Yeah. I think people, I think everybody needs a break. Um, yeah, I mean. It, that 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 is what this podcast provides. So if you don't need a break, then that's a good point. So let's do a little superficial. <sighs> I, mean, I, I, yeah. I think we can let's, listen. Let's 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 breathe. Let's breathe for a second. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel. Again, it's it's always there, even when we're talking about bullshit. But you know what? I can say that people are going to have a lot of podcasts and sources to talk Absolutely. about the heavy shit, and they Absolutely. do. Absolutely. They're here for that. So yes. let's try and cheer ourselves up and cheer you guys up and talk yeah. about some light shit. Do you have any yeah. lighthearted shit you want to share? Lighthearted shit. Wait, we have to say who we were. I, oh, I yeah. guess okay. I was. Who are you? Uh, I guess I always feel like Samantha's like looking at apartments or something. She um, is I like in every episode. I feel like she always lives somewhere new, even though I just know her meatpacking apartment. But um, yeah, I did. I did go on a housing search. Um, I think that being in quarantine in L.A. has made me sort of confront the fact that I do live in L.A. Um, I can't just like dash off to a different place, you know, for stand up or whatever. I, I am here and rooted here. So maybe I should face face the music. And uh, is that the expression? Face the music. Does that even make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. Um, OK, well, I I'm doing that. And uh, I looked at some places you know, it's just interesting um, for anyone who hasn't been in L.A. or knows much about L.A. Like, you know, it's very expensive to live here. And if you buy a place, you know, you could get a true little like shack and it'll be a million dollars. Um, so really wrapping your head around that and like committing to that. Also, you know, your taxes um, don't go necessarily to the places you want them to go to in LA. It's a huge problem. Um, at least like in New York, real estate is very high, but like the schools are good and they're not necessarily here. So it's just a very, it's just, um, it's hard. I mean, it's just a hard it's a hard thing, but um, looking at how... Jamie, are you going back to elementary school? Huh, yeah, I was going to start over, honestly. I don't know anything. I think I need to start from Shades kindergarten. Colors. Honestly, telling time is not easy still. I pointed to a triangle of Jamie yesterday, and she was like, square, I was like, square? rhombus. Yeah, yeah. No, I, it's weird I was... how I know rhombus, but not triangle. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I, I, I just, do it That's why I got to go back. I got to go back. I, I know the, only the hard shapes, <laughs> um, and that's not okay. I need to know the basics She's like, as rhombus, well. rhombus, octagon. It's a circle, Jamie. No, it's, it's a, a circle. Fucking it doesn't have edges. There are no edges, you fucking loon. Stop trying to impress us. God. Um, yeah, so... Walk before you fly, bro. I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, I looked at some places there. We saw one that was really awesome. Um, but, you know, it's very expensive. Do I want to have a mortgage? Do I want to do all the things you have to do as an adult? Uh, I don't know. I might keep renting and keep looking. And, I mean, I don't know. But um, the lightest thing I did was I made a very delicious dessert, and mm. I'm going to tell everybody about it really quick. I am just going to tell you the recipe Please because it's so us. simple. Tell okay, I, I'm not a big I, – I do like chocolate desserts, um, 
but I crave like vanilla creamy things mostly. Ooh, custard like like creme brulee. Yes. Yes. And like I love Tres Leches cake. It's my very favorite dessert of all time. It's so cute of you. It's so Texas. I know it is, right? Yeah. Um, they have it. Oh God, I ate it a lot living there. It's really simple. You basically just buy a yellow cake. Um, store bought is fine. You can make your own sponge cake. It's truly not necessary because the milks do the so heavy. Tastes so good. Well, the milks are the thing that really do the heavy lifting. So the sponge cake is kind of just a vehicle for the milks and non-dairy milk. Um, I for mean, you? you no. Oh no, no, no. I go like, yeah. I mean, I had like heavy whipping cream and all this stuff. But anyway, so you you make the cake, you poke holes in it when it cools, and then you pour three different milks on top, um, mixed with a little bit of vanilla extract and a little bit of cinnamon. And the milks that I used are heavy cream evaporated milk you get in a can and then um sweetened condensed milk so you pour those on top and you kind of have to like do it in batches because you have to wait for the cake to absorb the um this is like some asmr uh <laughs> all the i know steps. i kind of spaced out but now I'm I, I know right <laughs> um but but there are people listening who are like go on then no. what happens yeah, um, go on a ride. No, yeah. i promise <laughs> it, it's almost over um yeah you so you do, do it in batches <laughs> and, and hours then later. you i know <laughs> and then you guys you're making it longer okay and then you whatever fill up the cake put it in the fridge until it's cool because this is like that's actually the hardest part is you have to like wait to eat it, which sucks, but you do have to wait till it's cold and it just tastes better cold. And then you pull it out and you put some whipped cream on top and you're done. And it's fucking next level. It is so moist and milky and delicious. It's been a long time since I've been called moist, milky and delicious. You are. That's, since that's my girl. The COVID. Oh my God. Well, my favorite thing about COVID is just spending a day making a cake and then spending the night eating it. Yeah, I only like, had like, like a cake and, is usually no, for like an event. Full, I go full Miranda when she made the cake and ate it out of the garbage where I have one piece and then I'm like, no, 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 I have to throw the rest away. And of course I didn't, but I'm like, I, it's crazy sitting in my fridge a, kind of out of cake that you make. Yeah, <laughs> I always want to like stop. I mean, I just because especially with Tres Leches, I'm not, I believe me, I am not anti-dessert. I eat my fair share of desserts. I love dessert. Now, there's nothing but, about you that sounds anti-dessert right now. Yeah, I'm not at all. I'm very pro-dessert. I think it's important. I love making <laughs> it. I love eating it. Big fan. But Tres Leches is so sweet that after you eat a full slice, you're like, oh my God. Like you can just feel it like ravage your body. <laughs> you're like, this is an unnatural amount of refined sugar to be eating or sugar in general. Um, but it's so good. I felt like really amped up afterwards too. I watched a bunch of TV. <laughs> I was like, hi. <laughs> I was fucking high as fuck from Tres Leche. So if you want to get great. high and have your palate rocked, then yeah, get it. <laughs> Wait, you sound like such a like guy fear. You're like, want to get your palate rocked? <laughs> yeah. Well, then rip into this Tres Leche. Yep. Oh, it's a it's flavor. So good. It's a flavor ganza. So um, who are you? Who are you this week? What, tell me something right. light. I have light news. Um, okay, what's some light news? Okay, well, now I'm like, oh, is this bad and trigger warning? But I kind of feel like Samantha because I really am into drinking right now. I hope that's not triggering for anyone. But I, I really feel like things are so stressful right now that, like, I'm like taking my CBD gummies. I had a couple, mm. like, like I had a couple beers before bed yesterday. I've been having. Holy shit! Yeah, I, I have never seen you drink a beer. Oh, I'm like into beer now. I oh feel like, wow! I just feel like right now oh. it's like. Oh, Skylar's so into beer. This is I very know, exciting. Skyler's I can like, talk. Yeah, Skylar is pumped. All I'm saying is, like, obviously everyone knows that alcohol takes the edge off as well as pot, and no matter you know all your little things that people do. Yes. But I didn't really like turn there for taking the edge off. 
and now I have, and I'm really glad. And I, I just kind of think of myself as a Samantha now, because I'm just like, whether I'm with people or by myself, cocktail. I'm like having a drink. And yeah. I'm not trying to tell people to like, no, drown their problems. Of course, of course. But on the other hand, but I you and I to- are such. We are so not. No, we're like little goody two juice. Yes. So yeah, goody <laughs> yeah. two juice. Exactly. We are. But I have to say, this is really fucked up. But I totally. There's not a lot of addiction, uh, substance addiction in my family, so it's not something I know much about or understood, but I, I actually feel like I get it more now because I've been so stressed lately and even just having a beer or two calms me down. And then I've been having really crazy back pain that's getting better and better, but oh, that's good. thank you. But I really get how people become addicted to pills, addicted to alcohol. It's like things can be really hard. And yes. I understand why people sometimes just want to like numb the fuck out. Absolutely. Sorry, my lighthearted share was like incredibly no, existential. I've had I've had similar thoughts. Um, yeah, I've had similar thoughts where I'm like, because I always think about how like lately, I, especially. You know, you're right. Actually, I had the same thing. I I was thinking, I was like, why don't I drink more? Like, there is something about what we're going through right now, where I'm like, I kind of need to have more. Vi- I mean, I don't need to have more vices, but you're like, I get why vices do what they do, and people use them the way they do. Yeah, I just kind of feel like my anxiety has been so off the charts. I just have been needing things to just put me in a different zone. I to- I totally agree. Yeah, I know. So I anyway, need like tequila yeah. in the house and I'm like, I should maybe be sipping on that a little bit. I also am kind of a Samantha because I met someone in person during COVID, which is like LOL. Like, how do you do that during COVID? Oh, wait, who did you meet? Um, I hung out on Memorial Day by the pool with my really close friends. And um, a friend of theirs, a guy who lives in the building, was hanging and and we ended up going on a date. Oh, my God. How was it? It was fun. We had a good time. We went to the beach and we had ramen. Oh. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's like that is good news. I like hearing that. That makes me feel good to hear that. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I had a nice date during COVID. So now let's talk about our favorite show. Yes. um, This is a Sex and the City podcast for anyone who needs reminding. Oh, wait. I have a quick announcement. Oh, please. Um, For anybody listening who ordered uh, our merchandise, we have Couldn't Help But Wonder sweatshirts. Um, The orders have been placed and they are making them. We did do a limited quantity. So that is why it's taken a little bit. Um, Also, because of the quarantine, things were a little backed up at our printing place, yada, yada. Anyways, point is um, the order has been placed and they are being made right now. So anyone who has ordered a sweatshirt, it's a coming. And if you haven't ordered a sweatshirt and you would love to outfit yourself and some, Do it. you know, some, some fresh CHBW threads. fresh threads, you can email us at chbwmerch at gmail.com and get you a sweatshirt. So yeah, those are available. It's a cozy sweatshirt. All you're doing is laying around. Be cozy. It'll feel like a hug from Jamie and I. It'll feel like a tight um, sexual pelvic hug. Yeah. Oh, a thrusty hug. hug, a thrusty hug. Okay, guys, Sex in the City podcast, that's what you're listening to, believe it or not. Today we are covering season four, episode eight, My Motherboard, Myself. Rose, 
do it up. I'm really thankful for this episode because this Everything we're talking about is feels like something from such a different world. So it really does. I, this is just like blast to the past. I know, which we all need. It's such a fun, like locked in amber episode. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. Okay, so things kick off with a core four coming together for the first time in well since the last episode. They're all extremely busy and had to schedule a brunch meetup in the park. Um, I'll start. I can sum up my life in one breath. Work, work, au bon pain, work. And you? Uh, oh, okay, let's see. I, Aiden, Aiden, this pimple, Aiden. See, maybe we don't need an hour. Charlotte, I cannot believe you made this sandwich. Mm. I love you not working. You can be my wife. You know, I thought I'd have more free time, but redecorating is very stressful. Did you know there are over 40 different kinds of dimmers? Oh, remember back when the economy was good and we had a table? Um, Carrie? Yeah. Are you a janitor now? <laughs> I know, it's ridiculous. I need these seven just to get in Aiden's building. Aiden gave you his keys? Yeah, but I always make him come to my place. He buys that two in one shampoo. Wait a minute, does Aiden have your keys now too? Yes, he does. All two of them. You exchanged keys, that's big. Mm. Oh, no, 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 that's the opposite of big. Good for you. Took me six months to give my cleaning lady a key. Well, I happen to have the key to a lasting relationship right here. A thousand and one sexual positions. I got it on the corner from a guy, a dollar fifty. I love this city. Whoa, Nellie, whose legs been back that far? It's like sex for the boneless. See, that's what I love about this guy, Nick, I'm seeing. He's deboned? He's the wrestling coach at NYU. And oh. he's like an extra strength rubber band. Uh, congregants, please refer to position 91 in your prayer book. <laughs> and let us say, amen. I love when she said they look deboned. <laughs> Just like these gummy sex positions. Uh, that's kind of just a delightful scene. It's so fun. There's not that much happening. They just kind of set up the episode, but it's just like a little cute little dip in the park. They're eating. Charlotte made a sandwich. I don't know. It's kind of wild to have written so many episodes of this show and not to like belittle her. I love her character, but like, um, Samantha's character is in some ways just so one note. Like, oh, well, yeah. I bought the constitution. We're going to do the positions. It's like, how is there even enough sex stuff to like pad her character for six seasons? It, it is. It's, it's incredible. Her her whole life is literally just like she works in PR sometimes, but most <laughs> of her schedule is cleared for fucking. It's so true. Yeah, she yeah. barely is interested in anything else. I don't even know what else She's, she likes. I mean, honestly, I'm, the fact that she meets up with the girls is like wow. <laughs> it's, it's an honor that you could pencil us in. That's hilarious. Yeah, I um, mean, so. This this convo is all about how um, she has Aiden Aiden's keys and he has hers. What do you think about that? You know, she's still clearly a little bitter about Big when she tied it back to him. Um, yeah, I mean, having I feel like that's such a it's almost a little bit of a TV thing. Like I have his keys. Like ooh, he's giving me keys to his apartment. Not saying that's not a big step. It definitely is, but. Usually when you get to that step, you're like ready for it. So you're not like, looky, looky, I got a key ring. <laughs> like it is, it is, uh, it's sweet. And I like that they do that in TV a lot. I just in your feel like relationships. You weren't like, how, do you remember any particular was, getting a key, anything? I, I, well, my, um, 
like with, yeah, I guess when I moved in with Dan, it was just, I guess what I'm saying is it was so gradual that it wasn't like, whoa, whoa, we, whoa, once it happened, it was just like, well, yeah, we live in New York City. I'm here a lot. We made the decision. And then it's like, yeah, give me a key. I don't know. I just, so you don't I guess remember it like, it wasn't like, romanticized. Okay. No. And I think, and Carrie wasn't doing that necessarily. Um, you didn't like take feel- the key and like, like do a photo shoot with it and like, and like shove it in my vagina <laughs> yeah um yeah no i i just i don't know i've noticed that in tv shows they always i feel like that's always like a big rom-com trope like wow you got them that's such a good point it feels like that that's one and then i think um like getting the drawer is such another one. Oh you my god you're so right yes. that's so true and you're like, hopefully that's that's not a big deal. Like, yeah. I, I oh hope god, you're in a good enough relationship hilarious. to where that's not like celebrated. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so necessary. Funny. It's like, oh my god, I'm getting a drawer even though I'm here all the time, and otherwise yeah. my shit is on the floor. Yeah, in a show, it's like we got ourselves an A story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. They're like A story. She got keys. Yeah, Wait, that's yeah. So we did the drawer. Hilarious. We did the keys. Like, yeah, we're well, like you're cl- so right because in a ladder. real relationship, it's like already happening. So it's yeah, like when it's people get married, movie. the train left right. the station. Yeah, right. yeah. It's yeah. Like when, by the time somebody asks you to marry them, you've already had like a bunch of conversations about like when it's going to happen, how you're going to do the wedding. Yes. It's, yes. It's, none of it's, this it's, is a surprise. Yeah. It's it. Yeah. Um. But I do appreciate it, and I I like that they made it such a big deal because she was not making it a big deal. So it is kind of fun that they were like, "Wow, you guys are really, you're really taking it to the next level." And that's kind of nice for your friends to sort of benchmark that, considering everything she's been through to get to this point. It's kind of funny. They're like, "Yeah, you and Aiden have been to this, getting to this next level, even though you have nothing in common except for being white." Yeah. And that's it. And that's really Living it. in New yep. York. Yeah. Yep. It's you like, both live in the same city and you are both white. Then it's like Lamour. Yeah. I, they are I, so, there's really not a lot there. Guys, We've said I said it before. We'll say it again. There's nothing there. I've never given someone my keys except for a friend. Like a bunch of friends of mine have my keys in LA, but. I think maybe on my second date with this guy, I should give him my keys. You know what? I think, you know, there's there's a lot of YOLO happening with quarantine. Just fucking go for it. I'm not going to give him my address, but I will give him the keys. Just give him the key and be like, you can find find my place. We're meant to be. Yes. Oh, my God. It's like it's like the plot of serendipity. (laughs) Find Um, the door that matches the key. And then I just side note, anytime I've ever stayed at someone's apartment and they give me their keys, I, I would say. 70% 70% of me is like, I know I have the keys to your apartment, but will I be able to get in? Like, I feel like keys into locks. They get gummed up. They get gummed up or like, you know, the lock is stiff. One time I had a, a key break inside of a lock. Like, I don't know. There's something about how like little a key is and then how like big and stubborn a door is. And I'm always like, will this work? Like, there's always a piece of me that's like, is this key going to work? Even though it's the key for the door. Jimmy, you're bringing a point after great point. First, okay. you brought up the great thing about the giving the keys being in real life, not being a real thing, which is absolutely true. Second of all, you're bringing up this really often overlooked <laughs> key in the door drama. Thank you. I was wondering if I was standing alone here. <laughs> no, I feel supported, it though. Thing. It is one of those things where it's like um, you feel like such an expert of how to get into your building. And, yes. <laughs> and, it and then is when you have like, to explain it, you're like, actually, it's so hard. You're like, OK, you have to jiggle it three times. If there's on the an fourth angry time, troll. Yeah, 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 exactly. Who only speaks Latin. 
All I'm trying to say Translate these tableaus. (laughs) You just get to that point where you're like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'll let you in. I'll let you in. Yes. Guys, all I'm trying to say is I'm going to give this guy my keys on the second date, and I'm going to say, Rumpelstiltskin, guess my address. You have three guesses to guess the exact numbers and street. That's great. And if he guesses, it, we're into out of it. Yeah, absolutely. If he can't get, guess my address and he doesn't want then it, then who? Enough. Who the fuck is he? Honestly, yeah. who is he? Okay. Um, so, at her place, Carrie finds Aiden working away over his new George Foreman grill. They hook up and leave his fajitas cooking. The next day, Carrie's putting the final touches on a piece. When the worst happens, her laptop crashes. They have to run down to TechServe to get it looked at by a young Asif Mondavi. Hmm. Everyone shames Carrie for not backing it up, so she calls Miranda for support. Unfortunately, Miranda's dealing with her own crisis. Her mom had a heart attack. Carrie offers to meet her, but Miranda turns her down. Meanwhile, Charlotte's digging into her new projects as Trey's stay-at-home wife. She's learning all about light dimmers. She's tracking her ovulation cycle. She's got a lot of balls in the air. And Samantha hooks up with and wrestles her new guy, the NYU wrestling coach. The man can hit all of the 1,001 sex positions, and they're working through the list. And Carrie wakes up to a call from Miranda. It is bad news. Her mom died. Carrie wants to help, but there's not much she can do for Miranda yet, and they disconnect. Aiden tries to console her, but she's not having it. She retreats to the bathroom to be alone. Later, Carrie heads to lunch with Charlotte and Samantha, and the news of Miranda's mom sucks the air out of the room. Charlotte fills it with being helpful. She'll coordinate flowers, muffins, you name it. Samantha, however, is freaked out. Charlotte gets to work assembling a gift basket while Sam deals in her own way. She calls up her hunky wrestler for some sex. It should be easier than calling Miranda, but it isn't. They try position after position to get her to orgasm, but it just won't happen. She even meets up with Carrie and Charlotte to discuss, but they aren't very helpful. Miranda prepares for her mom's funeral by hunting down a funeral bra to go with her funeral dress. She's not having any luck until Lucille, a very forward worker, steps in. She's sure Miranda was just looking for the wrong size, so she has her try at 34B. How's it going in there? Fine. Everything's fine. From the age of 14, Miranda had a strict no-visitors policy in the dressing room. Let's see how that's working out. Although her mother never observed it, and neither did Lucille. Um, I just said that I didn't need any help. Well, you say you don't want help, but you were picking out the wrong size. See, now this one fits you. I think that I can adjust my bra straps by myself. Would you please get your hands off of my breasts? I'm not being fresh. I think I know what's best. No, you don't. I think that I know what's best for me. Suddenly, Miranda realized she would never have a fight with her mother again. I'm sorry. It's not you. My mother just died. And... Come here. No, I'm, 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 I'm fine. I, I'm, I'm... And there behind the curtain when no one was looking, Miranda found a kind of support that actually fit her. Sometimes this show gets so good and it's like the drama just gets so good. It's also interesting because it's such a short scene and it goes so far. Like it's so memorable it really like gets beneath your skin and warms your heart and also makes you want to cry all at once in such a short period of time. It's an interesting scene too, because there is a vibe with the woman where I'm like, where is this going? Like, I know that's a crazy thing to say, but there is like a weird moment that it feels a little weird. 
Yeah, when she says I'm not getting fresh. Yeah, it's kind of like well, I'm not being fresh. Yeah, it's like I didn't think you were, but that's yeah, just kind I know of a you mean. weird. Yeah, it's just a little weird. I mean, that scene could have gone a million different places, but yeah, it was such a it was such an interesting, you know. There's also just a lack of awareness at the time this came out. I don't think that I think women who work in bra stores, this is the type of thing that happens because that's just what they do for a living. And they're trying to help. And they, you know, the sizing for bras, it is such a mystery. I still don't know technically what I should wear. Um, But I do think like, you know, in a in a me too world, uh, you know, there's probably some protocol that happens, um, when they go to help you now. I mean, I'm sure it, whatever I, I just, I'm sure it is a, a more of a thing now back I, then. It's like, let me come in, let me see your tits. You know? Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely been sized for a bra and have people kind of like, you know, doing all that stuff. Yeah. But that's because I was like, Oh, I need a bra. They're like, well, let's do yes. But just, yeah, it feels dated to have somebody be like, well, just let me do this. There's just something. Weird Absolutely. Of- and also when she says, I'm not trying to be fresh or like it that's in language gross. is gross. I've yeah. never, yeah. I'm not trying to be fresh. You're like, okay, you said that I didn't say that. It was so clever and interesting though, because like, I can say for sure, like me just being in such a weird mood basically for weeks now during this whole thing, like grief and anger and, uh, sadness comes out in such weird ways. It's so easy to be snappy. It's like so easy to just snap at people, but it's interesting that she was like snapping at this woman. Who's kind of a mom age and oh, being like, absolutely. I didn't, I, that's so interesting. Cause you could just be like, I'm grieving a death. And so I'm just being snappy, which completely makes sense. But for it to also be like, this woman's kind of badgering me and reminding like a, her a loving, helpful way. Like a mom yes. does. Yes. And also just that like lack of boundaries. It's interesting because we were just talking about how the lack of boundaries is what's weird about the scene, but it's also what makes the scene work because without that, she needs something to push back on. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, yeah, exactly. It's how moms are. And also just that thing of like, Moms like barging in, barging into your room at home, barging into oh, dressing always. rooms. They're just always barging. Yeah, they don't care. I remember just no. begging my mom for they privacy. Stampede. Yeah. yeah, they just kind of like yeah, like walk across so, your back at all times. Um, Skylar had a really funny question here of Have you ever found yourself like Miranda here, like turning down help when you could use it? And I actually have a story about this. Say it. Okay. So when I was in high school, we moved to like the middle of the city of LA to the beach. And unlike everyone else that grew up there, I wasn't like on junior guards. I wasn't a great swimmer. I didn't surf. I wasn't like used to the ocean, Mm -hmm. but my sister and I were like, okay, well we'll go to the beach. We'll swim in the ocean. And I immediately like got caught in a riptide and Mm -hmm. it was just supposed to be this nice day at the beach. And it was like, no matter how much I was paddling, I couldn't get to shore. And then out of nowhere, this guy pops up and he's like, hey, hey, like, take my hand. And I was like, oh, my God, not only am I drowning in the ocean, but this guy is like hitting on me when I'm like trying to like live. (laughs) I was like, God, it's like, what's going to happen next? And then finally, and I just wouldn't take his help. And I just like after like exhausting myself, like scraggled onto shore. And of course he was wearing red shorts and was a lifeguard. Oh my God. And I was like, I'm so beautiful that obviously he was just trying to talk to me while I was like drowning. <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm glad you're with us still. Thank you. Also considering some... you turned down the help of a professional. Thank you. Also, I have some good bra news. I'm, mm. I was like really flat until, like, I literally had the same chest as a boy, like, in high school, which is obviously, like, tragic. 
I didn't even get my, they call them, it's so disgusting, breast buds. Like those little like half breasts. <laughs> like I didn't even get those until college, which should be like that illegal. Term. It's oh disgusting. Oh my God, that term it's makes it so much so worse. It's so disgusting. I remember like begging my mom to get a training bra in high school she's like i mean if you want i was like (laughs) oh my god and so i turns out i am like a 34c now which is interesting because my boobs don't look that big but i guess they have like a wide circumference interesting and the day i turned to see i was like if only little rose could see me now could see you now (laughs) no wait i still i truly don't know like every time i go like look at bras I'm like because I'm also a 34c and then other times I'm like they're like actually you're a 32d and I was like wait but I thought the thing was I thought the number no I know but I was like wait but I thought that the cup size was a c so shouldn't I just be a c like it always confuses me and they're I don't know I I have I sometimes I just buy bras in a couple of different sizes and like bring them home and then I'm like I'll return the ones that don't fit because it stresses me out so much to shop for bras like, I can't do this in a dressing room. I can't, I, I, I can't, it's just a whole process. I need to be by myself in the comfort of my own home. I feel like all I wanted as a teenager was to fit into a bra, fill a bra and wear a bra. And now I'm like, get that off of me. I know. I know. My, how things change. I slept in a bra last night and all what, night I was Jamie? like the fucking princess in the pee. I was like, what is wrong? I cannot, Jamie, I was like tossing and turning. I just, in, I just was like, and you know, sometimes when you, you were in your sleep and you know, you need to wake up to do something and you just don't do it. So you just like, oh, I guess I just choose uncomfortable sleep. That's a hundred percent what I did. I kept feeling it all night long. It was stressing me out, but I wasn't waking up to actually make the change. And I woke up this morning. I'm like, I literally just like suffered through eight hours of sleep because I slept with an underwire. Have your tits never been perkier when you woke up? I mean, I I didn't, I didn't really look. Well, I haven't, I haven't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Back at Carrie's Aiden stopped by with gifts. He bought her a new laptop and an external drive. So she will never have to worry about losing everything on her computer again. Only she's not really looking for a new laptop. She just wants her old one back. It's all a mess. And he ends up throwing her her keys and storming off. She was actually so fucking rude to him when he bought her like I probably know. hundreds of dollars worth of I know. helpful gear. I I actually just did not relate to any of that. I was like, and it's all that thing me? of like, she's also a, I mean, the, the whole thing of she like knows nothing about technology, but she's a writer. I don't know. I just. Yeah. And also not wanting a new computer. You're right. That's like not really realistic. If your job was to blog, you would already have the newest Mac. You would you, have the newest. And when a new one so came out, right. you would get it. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't be like backing up. What's that? It's crazy. I kind of felt like, and I was going to, I was going to note this last time when we were talking about the whole, her like being skeptical of email thing. I think that just when this episode came out in 2000 like there were there was a degree to which we were still like is this stuff gonna yes, stick around sure sure <laughs> and so i think that carrie's coming from that perspective a little bit which is like it's it is a bizarre perspective but i think just uh it maybe justifies it a little bit a little bit but also may i just say that's exactly true but after you fully cheated on a boyfriend and treated him on like shit. I was just thinking this. I he, almost yeah. didn't say it. I almost didn't say it. Okay. I felt the same way. Then they buy you like a thousand, a couple thousand dollars of gear. Yeah, and Carrie, even if, you gotta tread lightly if, here, girl. Even yeah. if you were like, I'm anxious, I have commitment problems, you would not be like, well, what am I going to do with this? I mean, it was such an insane, rude, unbelievable reaction. It's like, even if you had a little bit of anxiety, which 
everyone has a little bit of commitment phobia, even in people who are completely in love and happy. But you don't just like, she like turned on him. It was bizarre. This is, this is why their relationship won't work either. Because sometimes when you're in a relationship, oftentimes, I'm sure, you you do lash out. You do show your uglier side. But she's in this place where, and I had the same thought you did, where I'm like, ooh, like, you cheated on him. Like, you kind of owe it to him not to be a dick. But then that's not, being so that nice. is not correct. That is not correct thinking either. And that is why this relationship is so fragile. Like, it's just so fragile. Like, everyone's kind of treading lightly. And then she lashes out and she's a complete asshole. And then we feel like, you know, do you really have the grounds to do that? Like, are you, you know, I don't know. And that's flawed thinking. I'm not saying that if you cheat on someone, you have to be nice to them forever. If you get back together, that's not what I'm saying. But it just feels a little fast to get to like freak out on him because he bought you a gift mode. (laughs) Like you bring up something a little further down the line. Well, you bring up something important, which is you say in real relationships, people do lash out. Yes. But generally people lash out because they're going through some kind of trauma in their lives, whether it's like you had something horrible happen at work and then you go home and yell at your partner, which is not okay, but at least something horrible happened or there's something intense, but lashing out when they do something nice is a really weird thing to do period. And then early in the relationship, really weird because it should still be like a fun, like the first year should be pretty fun. Yeah, no, it was super. It's also, yeah. And if you haven't, yeah, the whole thing, I just don't understand it. All he did was help her. Even if you were like, ugh, like I'm the technology stresses me out. It's like, okay, but that's not his fault. Yeah, her reaction was just bizarre. No, it doesn't make sense. So Samantha tries, I love Samantha's storyline on this. Me Samantha too. tries yet again to orgasm, this time solo. She takes a bath and really puts the spigot to work. Only it won't do it. Neither do her wand, her vibrators, nothing. Maybe her orgasms really are blocked. And Carrie calls Aiden to talk. Yes, a lot of their issues come down to her not wanting his help. Yes, she still loves him. Yes, she wants him to stick around. She heads to the funeral with Charlotte and Sam, where they all have a sweet moment with Miranda. But Sam says the wrong thing. She's still holding back. And the flowers Charlotte ordered show up, but they're way over the top. Everyone heads into the service. Those flowers were supposed to say, we're so sorry, we love you, not... You're dead, let's disco. So many wonderful stories about her from her daughter Betsy and her husband David, her son John and his wife Miranda, her daughter Catherine. Did he just say? Pamela. No spiritual stuff, and you can't hearts. keep the family tree straight? The hearts this guy's of the a children, hack. Sarah, Alexandra, Nathan, and little Emily. Now, after the burial, John and his wife, Miranda, invite you back to their home. Directions can be found as you exit the sanctuary. (laughs) Finally, Samantha found the release she really needed. She cried for everything she couldn't say and for things she didn't even know she felt. Thank <laughs> you. 
there's the kind of support you ask for, and the kind of support you don't ask for. And then there's the kind that just shows up. You know what's what, interesting? Yeah, what do you think? Well, yeah. I, I love that, like, Samantha finally breaks down and says, like, I'm sorry. And that's so interesting because Samantha's usually not emotional at all. And she's really buttoned up about her feelings. And I loved it. And I love that, like, it was the first time we've seen that, like, sex can't solve something for her because it's simply just deeper than that. Mm-hmm. There's a part of me that wishes I understood a little more what exactly it was that was bothering her. Like, has her own mother already died or is she afraid of death? There was just something that, like, I liked the the deeper layer for Samantha, but I, I kind of wanted more information. Oh, see, I it's interesting you say that. Um, I actually felt like it was just Miranda. I I mean, I, I know they say you mean like, just she's crying. Sorry, I meant yes. No, yeah, I meant Samantha. I think Samantha was crying. I think that Miranda, even just Miranda, could have could have been it. Even though, like, it is said in dialogue with Carrie's voiceover, like she's crying for. Well, I don't remember what the exact quote was, but like essentially saying, like, we don't know if she's crying just for Miranda or for other things. But I actually did feel like that is probably how she just processes grief in general is kind of like not knowing what to say, which is actually quite relatable. I mean, I think this is a bit of an exaggerated version, but I do think oftentimes like I've, I've felt that way um, where like recently I know someone, I'm not super close to them, but I do know them and their partner passed away. And I was like, Oh, I definitely want to email them and send my condolences. And I wrote the email and I, I was really trying to like speak from the heart. Um, and I, I didn't get an email back. Not that I expected to, but I'm keeping like, did I say the right thing? Did they read that and just go like, fuck you? Like, I honestly don't know because I, I really, I have, I have, uh, I had one of my, I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but one of my best friends died when I was in college and I, I, I don't remember anything particular that anyone said to me that was that comforting, like I had people around me who were supportive, but there was, there was no words really that struck me that I remember to this day. Cause I was just so overcome with grief. Um, but I do think what to tie it back to what Samantha's saying, or sorry, what's what happened with Samantha where she kind of just like let it all out. I, I did relate to it a little bit, kind of her not knowing how, how to, to process there. it, like kind of wanting to be this like pillar of strength by like not acknowledging it. And then, yeah, and then, like, letting it all out at the last minute. Like, you kind of, it's very easy to sort of, like, push your feelings of grief down or your feelings of sadness for someone else. It's very easy to just kind of, like, shut it down. But ultimately, it does kind of come to the surface. And so I felt like the scene was just very relatable in that way. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because it makes me think of, you know, it's kind of about, like, how uncomfortable it can be to be there for someone when you don't exactly know what they want. Right. Like, um, I texted a couple of my close black friends when all this was going down and I didn't know if that was annoying or if it was helpful. I I had the same thing, but actually, um, I had a really good conversation with my really good friend, Jessica, and she was really glad that I texted and we're good enough friends where I'm like, you know, I just wanted to know if you're okay. And if I'm doing anything wrong, please tell me. And I have another friend who I'm not as close with this guy, Eric, who's wonderful. And I was like, can I bring over some lemon bars, which is obviously like so ridiculous, but I, I was just like, I just want, you to know, I'm thinking about you. And, and I think if, if you have a real friendship with people, whether it's 
trying to empathize about what's going on in world events or trying to empathize with somebody's deep loss or whatever, I think if your heart's in the right place and you're close enough to them, it's okay if you stumble. I think that's a nice message. Yeah. I think just the idea that you're doing it is meaningful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. It's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. What are you thinking? You know, with everything going on right now, there are a lot of messages on Instagram, um, a lot of posts, a lot of videos sort of telling, telling you the etiquette. Right. And there's a lot of just fear of misstepping. Well, I just, I just think that it's like, basically it's not like, woe is us, but I think being, no, not at and, all. No, 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 no you're actually, not saying that at all. Oh no, I know. And you're not saying that about me. I'm saying it's more like you, you want to, you, it's scary to do it wrong. You just don't want to fail it's as scary a white to ally. Do it Yes. And also, or look like a, or say something or it's like, oh, we've heard this a million fucking times. Well, and like, yeah, it's just, we have so much to learn and it all, it's also, you know what? It's also a reminder of, we have so much to learn and which is good. We need to be reminded. Um, but yeah, it's, and you hear it over and over. It's like, you have to live in the discomfort. It's just true. It's just true. You are going to get it wrong. I think the, you know, sometimes, and there's no, the thing that's also tricky is there you know, there's also conflicting information about what you should be uh, doing. That's, that is true. And so I guess you true. have to read and then decide for yourself what feels right. And then as far as like for personal relationships, I think that there's more leeway in terms of making a mistake in a personal relationship than there is in being like a public ally. You know what I mean? Like, like one of your best friends I know is, is a person of color and, yes. you know, and you guys have been friends for ages. And so, I think if you're not a perfect ally, that's fine in that friendship because there's a lot of love there. And you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. But it's that, that is hard. I mean, I went through that definitely yesterday. I watched something online that was like, you know, um, a, a black woman who I follow on Instagram sort of explaining like, this is what, like, please stop doing this, this, and this, this is what you should be doing. And I, it was helpful and eye opening, And, you know, of course with that comes being like, Oh God, you know, like, I don't want to rely on them teaching me. I need to learn on my own. And there's just so, there's so many like this, but that, but that, but this, and it's, um, and it's, it's tricky. It's really tricky to navigate. It's also people of color aren't aren't a monolith. And just because one person says don't do this, another person could love that. Absolutely. And it's just interesting because this is, I am, yeah, I mean, you know, I, one of my best friends is black and I feel like I always sort of know how to communicate with that person. And then I was like, oh, am I accidentally, you know, hurting her feelings? Did or, you talk you know, to her? It's just, I, I sent her, yes, but I was like, I want to, you know, FaceTime this week. I didn't say too much over text, but I was also like, she lives sort of in the, in the fray, middle of like where yeah. the, the protests are happening. And so I was just like, I just want to make sure you're okay slash safe. And she was she was like, oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't go out. I didn't protest. You know, I'm, I don't want to get sick. And you know, that was, that's how she handled it. And I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think but, this is a good episode and it's a good, like, you know, um, Samantha. It's really interesting how this scene does become sort of a metaphor for what we're dealing with. Yeah, I like didn't how, even connect it. How to be there for people, you know, how to be there for people. If it makes yeah. you uncomfortable and you're afraid to do it wrong, you know, and you're afraid of your yeah, own feelings. And- Yes. And just, and then it's also like, you know, we're, uh, they've suffered so much and there's, you know, it's such a fragile time in general, like everyone's on edge and, 
And it's just like the economy has crashed. I, nobody has any money. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it's just like, Oh God, the last thing I want is to like say something fucking ignorant and make someone feel worse than they already do. Like that is like my, you call nightmare. your best friend and you're like, fuck off. Was that right? <laughs> Was that okay? <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to we're going to move on and Let's close out it. this episode. Okay. So the episode closes with Carrie back home working on her salvaged laptop now with an external drive. She can take Aiden's help after all. She just wants to do it her way. Also, the mm. fact that we kind of glossed over it, but the fact that Aiden takes her back after that's like so hilarious. It's like, okay, well, then you're just a masochist. Yeah. This I is mean, okay with you. No, he loves it. I think he's a bit of a doormat. I mean, 100 percent. Yeah. Okay. So this brings us to the question of the episode. If giving the man the keys to your apartment means unlocking the door to home cooking and great sex, why were so many independent women? No, 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 don't, 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 don't. It's not done yet. Don't read it. Uh Oh my God. Oh my God. Come. Come on, come back. What, what? What is this? Why is this happening? What's up? My computer just crashed right in the middle. I just, I. Oh. Okay, just relax, darling. I Breathe. Can't... Reboot. Wait, what's the question of the episode? It cuts out because her laptop oh. crashes. It's the only episode oh. with that. What a little okay. zingaroni! Wow. Okay, well, I mean, this show stumped us. We okay. have nothing to say, and we're moving on to Horny Force. Well, I think what she's going to finish okay, is... Okay, finish it, finish it. Yeah, finish she's it. just saying if it's like, if having the key to someone's apartment means great sex, great food, da-da-da, why wouldn't you? I think mm-hmm. that the rest of the question is, why are we afraid to do it? Is that Do you agree that that's probably the question? Probably. I, I would agree. No, I think... You know what? I understand being scared to give someone the keys if there's some part of them that you don't trust. Like you always have a spidey sense about someone, male, female, non-binary. Like even if it's somebody that you love, sometimes you get the sense of someone where you're like, I don't, I feel weird about this. It could even be a friend. And if you feel that you shouldn't give them your keys. Yeah. Because you kind of have it. You kind of know in your gut if it's a good idea, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even it's if test. it's your boyfriend, if you just have the no, sense no, no, of, like, he might be weird. psycho in some yeah, way no, or something. no, 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 no. 100%. That's a great point. Yeah, like, women just have the spidey sense where it's like, yep. I'm attracted to him, I like him, but there's something fucked up something about him. Off. He's gonna, like, come in yep. and, like, pee on me while I'm sleeping. Right, or if, like, we get in a bad fight, he might, like, do something weird Hurt me. Yeah. to my place. Yeah. yeah, so I think just wait until you know that he's, like, good with animals and pets and, like, he's not gonna do anything creepy. Agreed. Okay, so this brings us to our last segment, I'm Horny For. Sex in the City is obviously a very horny show. We end each episode by sharing what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? I am horny for a wonderful show on Hulu called Game Face. (gasps) I don't know it. It's a British show. If you like Bridget Jones' Diary, (gasps) you will love love it. It's one of my favorite movies. If you like Bridget Jones' Diary and Ab Fab, you will love this show. It's, Why have I not heard of it? This show is as good as Fleabag, but it's just not as dark. It's just pure comedy, comedic delight. This woman is game face. This woman, Royzen Connolly. I've never heard of her before. She's oh, British. Oh, Okay. She writes and creates and acts in it, and she is unbelievably funny. I just oh, I feel can't like wait. I'm going to watch it tonight during COVID during like this insane time. 
my tolerance for anything scary or edgy is zero. This is a perfect COVID show because it's just funny and light and there's just nothing but like funny sex romps and like just like like all your favorite rom-com tropes perfectly done. Mm, I love Game that. Face. Okay, Ooh. I'm going to watch that tonight. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait. What are you horny for, um, Jamie? I'll I'll shout out another comedy. I'm obsessed with what we do in the shadows. Um, also on Hulu, it's a comedy about about vampires, and it's just the funniest thing. Every single line makes me laugh. Like there's truly every line. I go, that's funny. If I'm not audibly laughing, I'm at least noting that is funny. Every single line of dialogue. Um, it's just I brilliant, and that. it's just my favorite thing. So yeah, there's two seasons on Hulu right now. What we do in the shadows. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's just fabulous. It's really, really funny. A lot of, you know, people that, you know, in the comedy world are in it, make guest appearances and yeah, it's just excellent. Guys, we, we, we're really trying to recommend stuff to keep it light because to, you know, it's just so awful. We hope that this podcast gave you some comedic relief in these awful, awful times. We're with you and feel free to DM us if you want to chat about anything at all. Yes, please, please. Yeah. Our, uh, our Instagram door is always open. Our legs are closed and our Instagram doors are akimbo. Wide open. Um, we love you guys. Lots of love. Stay safe and stay mentally fit. Check out BetterHelp. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod and follow my co-host Rose Cerno on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host Jamie at Really Jamie Lee on Instagram and at The Jamie Lee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You're nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Meow, <coughs> meow,